Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Hey there, I see you, membership leader. I see how hard you're working over there. I see how you're doing your best to be helpful to your people and for your organization. And sometimes that feels very, very hard to do. What do members want from us? How can we help in ways that don't burn us out or exceed the resources that we have available? In what ways can we make the biggest difference? In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of people and organizations who asked one simple question, how can we be helpful? I'm your host, Joy Dooling, and my business, The Joy of Membership, is all about giving membership-based organizations the structure and supports you need to deliver your best work to members every single day. I'm here to help you because I know that you are here to help them. Let's do that together. This week, Mary Conley Egger shares her commitment to helping solve the world's water crises. And there are actually many issues woven together that need urgent attention. As she looked at what she could do to be helpful, Mary realized that her natural inclinations to network and connect people could help her create a community where the right people could come together to find solutions more quickly. So that's exactly what she did. Hey, Mary, welcome to the program. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, amazing to be with you, Joy. You got me started in this whole networking business community. Well, I have been a fan of you and your work since day one. But for people who haven't heard of Global Waterworks and haven't met you, tell us um, who you are and who you help. Yeah, well, um, thanks. I'm Mary Conley Eggert. I'm uh, the founder and uh, executive director of Global Waterworks. And uh, what we do is, uh, help those in search of solutions connect with the experts, organizations, and most importantly, the technologies that help resolve our world water crises. So what made you want to help in this specific situation? Why water issues? Very interesting you ask. I actually was involved in water issues from the start. Uh, Growing up in Watertown on Water Street, in fact, with the river flowing through our backyard. It was uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, the pollutants had piled up 30 feet high, 60 feet wide across that river, blocking our view, making it very um, unappealing and uh, prompted me when our teacher asked who would like to participate in a conservation speaking contest to immediately raise my hand and uh, had a heart for water, the river, 
uh, near the Great Lakes. It, all the water bodies have always provided so much pleasure. They really meant so much to me that I went out and asked everyone to care about water then. And uh, the Clean Water Act uh, fortunately came along and those pollutants disappeared. Um, but what got me back involved, Joy, was um, a few years ago, I have been working in tech and a friend asked me to work on Pakistan water, uh, delivering water and jobs to uh, for women. And I thought, how appealing is that? And my husband agreed, take a sabbatical, do something a little different from my career. And I learned that um, there isn't much technology innovation in water. Um, I went to search for the solution that we'd be fundraising for and learned it was a 30-year-old reverse osmosis system. And knowing how much energy efficiency we have today and how much innovation there's been, I said, we've got to find something better. And um, landed in a conference uh, called WEFTAC, where a speaker was talking about the challenges we faced just 10 years. It was 15 years at that time. And they said, in 15 years, we'll have a 40% gap between the supply and demand of water. And Joy, that's like five people sitting around this table. Only three of those people who want a glass of water could have one. And that was my motivation. Um, it's been uh, a driver from that point on, and it makes me emotional because people don't know about it. And the reality is, is that uh, you could ask people to turn off the pipes and stop the water, but our pipes would collapse underneath our homes because our infrastructure is so frail. It gets a D minus grade because we have not taken care of what we can't see. And beautifully, the plumbers and our water utilities have been so masterful in their engineering that they, in fact, uh, have hidden the problem. It's out of sight, out of mind, and the cost of water is so low that uh, people aren't motivated to invest. And so, um, so that drove me to say, there are technology solutions out there. Let's find them. And I happen to have the experience of being living in Israel. And uh, as an exchange student, and Israel's like probably the most innovative in the world on water, they had to in order to create the nation uh, of Israel to find a means to provide water. And so we got to work with them on um, a beautiful tour that they did for the Israel and California water, uh, for the California water crisis to transfer their knowledge. So one of your projects has been um, Global Water Works Connect. So you've been kind of creating this community. Um, so how do you help people through that community? Yeah, a very good question. Um, the water industry um, is extremely fractured. 30,000, I've heard organizations exist. Every city has a sustainability group. BPAs are in every state. Organizations around the globe are all innovating, but they're innovating separately and rather than increasing forward momentum. What uh, you actually helped us set up that community, and it was uh, so brilliant the way um, you worded what we were doing. You you understood us from the from the start, and uh, what that community does is it allows everyone to connect collaborate and celebrate um, solutions to the water crisis. And uh, what that looks like is uh, simply showcasing uh, case studies, inviting people to join and creating groups where they can focus on um, 
the elimination of plastics or women in water initiatives or uh, digital twin to get smart. And it's a beautiful, mighty network is what it's called. And uh, we love it. And you helped us uh, get that started. So thrilled to be here with you. I remember our first conversation about um, the community that you were creating. And um, I have a photograph of my back wall, my wall behind me, where we had all of those sticky notes all over the wall. Yeah. (laughs) So it was quite the planning process, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Did you save a photo of that? I do have a photo. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. I think uh, when, when you get to water, it's so big and so wide, affects everyone. It's just uh, hard to get focused. So that process really helped. You know, what are we going to do with people when they come into the community that they would want to return? So what kind of impact have you seen um, from your work specifically around the community and trying to trying to be helpful to this community and build something that has value for them? Yeah. Um, Great question. I uh, hear regularly about um, people coming in and meeting with other people. So the community is structured so that you can come in and you can see immediately who's near you geographically. Uh, But you can also see who's involved in different topics, whether it's wastewater or um, agriculture, efficient irrigation or uh, resilience planning. And uh, what we've done is we've created monthly collaboration sessions that allow people to come together and then to use Zoom and break out into groups. And we have uh, initiatives spanning uh, solutions for the Navajo Nation to uh, Kenyan villages and then to very, um, you know, first world issues like uh, assessing the presence of COVID-19 in wastewater. And we have a gathering coming up this Tuesday and... uh, It'll be all about um, um, about seven different groups, people around the globe. We have about 100 people who will join in and uh, leaders from California, uh, from France, from uh, Kenya. And uh, it's very exciting to hear them when they get to meet each other and realize that they're in the midst of people who share the same passion and are doing great things. Yeah, so really that community gatherer role sounds like it's been immensely valuable with, you know, the people and projects all being disparate and spread out. That's really cool. Uh, It has been, yeah. And what's also interesting about that is that um, five years ago when I started, no one was on LinkedIn, no one was digital. So as sad as the COVID-19 pandemic has been, it's actually united people digitally and made them receptive to this. So we were well positioned to uh, address the needs of people who are separated who want community. Oh, that I hadn't even thought about it from that perspective. But yes, I can definitely see how um, everybody suddenly working from home and having to connect with each other online would be a huge boost to what you were doing. So that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Yeah. what do you think that other organizations can learn from, from your experience? Yeah, I um, thought about that. You gave me some of these questions ahead of time, very wise. And so uh, I think uh, there, there are two things that really uh, um, have sharpened our uh, value. And one is data. Data tells and tells you where you should go. It tells you who's interested. And these communities give you data to show you who's involved. You can then reward them and you can activate them, empower them, you know, through the data. But also stories sell. So once you get someone on the phone, you realize everyone has their story. And every story is special and unique. 
And if you tap into that individual passion, it just excites other people. It makes them want to build out their story and to connect further. So uh, makes people real, even in the digital marketplace. Cool. Um, may I ask you a question that I, um, that I didn't give you ahead of time, just because oh, it popped sure. into my head. Um, so talking about, um, telling stories about your helping, um, I had a conversation with someone recently where they were talking about how difficult it was to tell their own organization's story because they feel like all the good stories are really out there with the members. So as you do storytelling for global waterworks, are you telling your members' stories or are you focused on telling your organization's story of like how you help members? I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, very good question. We haven't done enough of that role. In fact, people often say, who is Global Waterworks? Oh my goodness, it's you everywhere. Or I, uh, you know, I, I know you're present and having an impact, but what ex- how can I engage with you? So being able to tell the stories of how people have engaged uh, with Global Waterworks to um, get in front of um, political lobbyists, you know, that can move forward water programs, helping uh, people all of a sudden see partners that they didn't see before through the community that become so obvious and having people... Um, uh, shortcut the process for finding the right uh, prospects because we can nurture people and educate them and draw in people who are seeking the solutions that our clients or our members uh, are able to provide. So it's interesting. We don't tell that enough, but it's a huge impact of having a digital community that's present 24-7. Absolutely. Well, thank you for um, being willing to <laughs> share that impromptu um, answer. Um, I think it is something that a lot of membership-based organizations kind of struggle with, you know, how do we articulate our value in telling stories? So it's just helpful to know how other leaders kind of think about that question. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, oh, and they need someone like you to interview us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mary, I literally think of you every single time I leave a faucet running, like to brush my teeth or to like wash my face. Like Mary wouldn't want me to leave this water running too long. (laughs) So I think about you all the time. Where can people learn uh, more about your work and connect with you if if they want to help you or um, learn more about the work that you're doing? Yeah, Thanks. We welcome any uh, water professionals or water advocates, people who just know that they'd like to help their city find solutions. The Mighty Networks platform that we're on is actually uh, Global Waterworks Connect, gwwconnect.com. And uh, you can find us uh, there. You can also email me at mary.egger at globalwaterworks.org. So um, love to find you and love to have you follow us on Twitter at uh, Global Waterworks. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mary. Really appreciate your time today. Definitely, Joy. Anytime. Thank you so much for your help. Absolutely. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, 
and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech. joyofmembership.com slash tech. T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.